episode number 51. Welcome to the Getting Unstuck podcast, where you'll laugh, empathize, and learn how to turn your stuck spots into sources for energy and positive change. And now your host, the creator of the Stuck Method, Shira Taylor-Gura. Hello, my dear listeners, and thank you so much for joining me today. Before I get right into sharing with you the story for today, I'd like to say thank you to a woman named, I don't even know actually how to say it. Is it Kasha or Kasia? It's K-A-S-I-A. And she lives in Canada and she left me an iTunes review. The title of the review was really hit home. And what she wrote was, I really enjoyed the last episode on freedom, especially the conversation about dessert and choosing. I hadn't considered that I still could be choosing from a place that was reinforcing my stuckness. Thank you for the insight. So first of all, thank you for that review. Please email me and tell me how you pronounce your name so that I can get it right and share that with the listeners next time. And I'm really glad that that episode spoke with you. In fact, a few other people had written to me about the connection between getting unstuck and emotional eating. So for all of you listening to this episode, I would love to know if that is a subject that interests you. Please email me and let me know, because perhaps I will put together a webinar on that topic. Okay, so the next round of stories that I'm going to share with you all have to do with at least one child. These stories don't necessarily have to do with teaching the stuck method to a child, but rather all of these episodes are going to include stories that have a child in the story. You do not need to be a parent to be able to listen or to be able to appreciate these episodes. That being said, if you are a parent or a grandparent, or if you have any contact or any connection with any children in your life, I think these stories may really touch you and may help you think twice about how you are as an adult in this world when you are around children. In other words, what patterns or what habits do you have when you're around kids? Some of these stories that I'm going to share with you, I just find fascinating So if you have any friends or any family members who are parents or are interested in doing any kind of self-development or self-growth around parenting or around grandparenting or just around being an adult around kids, please invite them to listen to this series of episodes. Okay, you ready? So the first story that I'm going to share with you in this series is going to be a bit benign at least compared to some of the other stories that I'm going to share with you. And I'm doing this on purpose because I kind of want to kind of slowly get your mind ready for these stories. So last week, my children were on spring break. And I took one of my older kids who is 12, almost 13, to a giant playground, 
which has wonderful facilities that you can use besides the typical swings and the typical climbing structures. They also have outside bowling and mini golf and a ping pong table and a soccer field. And basically, it's all free. You just have to give some sort of a piece of collateral to the front desk, like a driver's license or something. And then they hand you the equipment. And then of course, you return it at the end and you get your piece of collateral back. So my son and his friend wanted to do mini golf. So we went to the front desk. And the woman who was there gave each of the boys a golf club, and then handed over one ball. And I said, where's the other ball? And she said, well, she can't give us another ball. They're low on balls, and the kids have to just learn how to play with one. And so my reaction was, well, actually, when I play mini golf, everyone has their own ball. That's how you play, right? One person starts, the next person starts with his ball, and then it goes back and forth like that until someone hits it in. And then like, if they have one ball, how are they going to play? And she looked at me and said, they're kids, they'll figure it out. And then she shut the window on me. (laughs) And I was like, really? I mean, honestly, I was more concerned about the boy's reaction than I was about how rude this woman was to me. So anyway, we take the clubs and we take the one ball and we walk over to the course and no one is there. And what do I do? I start searching for a lost ball in the bushes. Right? I mean, I'm laughing because it's so interesting when you look at your habits and your patterns. It's so fascinating, right? I mean, obviously, I had this deep instinct, this parental instinct. And if you're a parent, you probably have the same one to want to protect your child, right? I want my child to be happy. So, obviously, one mini golf ball is not going to make my son happy. And obviously, I can do my job as the mother to help him out of his misery by looking for another ball. And I'm going to do everything possible to make that happen. (laughs) So my son started to play on the first hole with his friend. And he called out, he said, Emo, what are you doing? And I turned to him and I said, I'm looking for a lost ball so that you guys can really play. Seven holes later... (laughs) I'm still looking for a ball, right? And seven holes later, my kid is totally happy. He's like in all his glory. And he's like, hole in one, hole in one. And of course, I run over with delight. And I'm like, really? Wow. I'm I'm sorry. I I missed it. That's so great. You got a hole in one. Woohoo. Wait. So like, how are you playing with one ball? And his response was just too simple. What do you mean? We're taking turns. I play the first hole and I count how many times it takes me to get the ball in. And then my friend does the same thing. And whoever has fewer hits gets a point. So it's now four to three. (laughs) I don't even know which part of that made me stop. But like, that made me stop. S, I took a stop. There I was missing my kid 
in the present moment, I was missing him play golf out of T. What, what was I telling myself? Which emotion? Fear, right? That he was going to be miserable. I was like living in the future, right? I realized I had all these beliefs. You, I uncovered all these beliefs that he'd be unhappy and that he'd somehow blame me or that he'd go home and tell his friend's mom that they had a terrible day, all because they couldn't have a second ball, right? But I was standing there in that stop and I realized I had no proof at all that my son was feeling any of that. It was all in my head. And so I just stood there in awe of my kid and his friend. And I see, I considered that I could just learn a thing or two from them. I mean, look, they saw a situation as imperfect. And what did they do? They just got creative. They figured it out. They didn't pout. They didn't complain. They didn't hold a grudge. They just figured it out. And they were happy. They were actually modeling to me without knowing it how to get unstuck. But I was too busy trying to protect them to see it live. You know, sometimes kids need our help to get stuck. I truly believe that. But at the same time, sometimes we can learn a lot from kids if we just step out of their way and allow ourselves to observe them with a sense of curiosity. So besides the Getting Unstuck Challenge, which is starting on April 22nd, and I really hope you sign up for it, you can go to my website, thestuckmethod.com forward slash challenge to sign up. Besides that challenge, I want to give you like a mini challenge for you today. My challenge to you is to go observe a child, any child. Well, maybe not any child, maybe someone like from the age of like, I don't know, two to like five, someone who's really still exploring the world. And if you don't have a child like that in your life, maybe you can consider going to a nearby playground or a park and just, just watch them for five minutes. Watch how they act. Notice how curious they are and notice when things don't go right for them and they won't, right? They're going to fall down or their ice cream is going to fall off the cone. Notice if they get themselves unstuck or not. And if they don't get themselves unstuck immediately, if they still stay stuck, notice how long they stay stuck for. Is it a long time? Do you think that when kids get stuck, they hold on to their stuck stories for days or weeks or years like we do as adults? You may not be able to witness the richness of everything I'm telling you in those few minutes of just watching a child, but you can guess. You can really just watch and kind of take a guess. Watching children is fascinating, and it can be one of the best educational lessons we as adults can ever experience. So that is my stuck story for today regarding my 12-year-old and how we all can consider learning from children. That is my message for you for today. 
And next week, I'm going to bring you another story regarding another one of my children. This one is my child who is in first grade and how sometimes the experiences that our kids go through are great life lessons. Stay tuned. And as always, I look forward to getting unstuck with you. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Getting Unstuck podcast. For more information on programs, workshops, and retreats, check out our website, www.thestuckmethod.com.